Bleacher Creatures podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself. And we are live. Episode 7 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast coming in hot. Although, this time, John is in fucking Canada, where, what did I see, negative 30 in Toronto earlier in the week? Yeah, yeah, it's negative, it's negative here, and I'm in shorts, and I'm loving it. You, you, you gotta be inside, though, right? I am, but I did go outside earlier. Alright, cause the last thing myself and our listeners want is you dying of hypothermia because you decided to take a two-mile run in negative 20 weather. No, I, uh, the cold doesn't bother me. <sighs> fucking what a savage what a savage so obviously if you've had the misfortune of listening to wfan espn i'm sure nfl network won't shut the fuck up about it either all people have been talking about is this blown call in the rams and saints game mm-hmm. um interesting I'm- fact on that that i was going to tell you over the phone but i didn't before i left was uh <clears throat> That that referee that blew the call, the Rams fans and the Rams coaching staff petitioned Roger Goodell for him not to be in the game. He has refereed eight games in his career against them. In all eight games, they've lost. In all eight games, they have had two and a half times the penalties a quarter, uh, as opposed to every other game in which he has not refereed. And up to three times the amount of penalty yards as opposed to every other game he has not refereed. This is the same guy that didn't make the call. So what you're telling me is the Rams got gifted the NFC Championship game because a notorious flag chucker against them decided to keep it in his pants for a change? He did, and and it's just funny. The Ram, dude, the Rams fans and Rams coaching staff did not want him refereeing. They petitioned Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell just kind of laughed it off, and, you know. That's fucking insane. Um, that's, that's poetic, isn't it? Yeah, that's fucking irony at its finest, I guess. But, dude, why is it that fucking... It seems like every fucking playoff game now, a ref fucks up, or... I think that... I, th- I don't think it's... I think that the, it, it's every game a ref fucks up. The only difference is, is that with these four games, or these two games, is that these games were so close that one penalty offsides, which we'll get to later in the Chiefs game or a pass interference non-call, or a pass interference call, decides the game. Well, let, me, well, 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 let, me, give, let me give kudos where it's due, because we're, we're, we're on this Saints-Rams. Kudos to Dante Fowler for probably getting himself paid in free agency by hitting Breeze's arm in overtime. Well, you know what's funny? What? Is you, you had two guys who are battling for the top outside linebacker speed rusher in a 3-4 position in D. Ford and Dante Fowler. Yeah. And before that game, I'd say D. Ford was way ahead of him. And based on that final drive in the uh, fourth quarter of the Chief game, you'd have to think otherwise. You you would. And I think that really – and I think for AFC teams, I think that hurt – and it's one little thing that you're off sides, but the thing is if you're in the AFC, you know you have to go through Brady and Belichick, and I think that – you're like, dude, how, how the fuck do you line? You're on, I don't know how the fuck you do that. How what? You, you talk about off? line up four feet past the line of scrimmage yeah, when mean, you're just was, outside the tackle? Close. And here's the other thing I'm going to say. I, I wouldn't have thrown the flag. I would have picked it up after he threw it because it had no relevancy to the play. The other thing in that play with D. Ford was the Patriot. The only thing that threw D. Ford off, in my opinion, was the Patriots' left tackle was not in line with the rest of his line. There should have been a, now if if both flags were called the play is none null and void to do over pretty much yeah but they could have just gone the other way and they could have said nothing about the Chiefs player yeah well speaking of shit calls earlier in that drive Chris Jones got flagged for roughing the passer and he oh my god didn't even touch him or Nick I'm sorry b- looked the wrong way at Brady's face mask clipped yeah. it and got fifteen. Yeah, no, that definitely didn't help. I mean, honestly, you know Brady's going to get one. But, again, these refs have got to do a better job when when it's this close of a game. Yeah. Both these games were decided by referees. Yeah. You can't have 
these four teams are obviously the best four teams in football. Both yeah. games went overtime. You can't ask for anything more as far as watching the game. But you can't have both games decided by referees. Because if Tom, if that's pass interference or Tommy Lee Lewis catches that ball, that game's over. Yeah, if for they sure. Don't blow the D forward call. I don't want to say blow. If they don't call that on D forward, they call that on the Patriots, or they don't call anything. Game over. Yeah. 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 Chris Jones' call was even brutal. We don't know what happens if they don't get that 15 yards. I mean, you really don't. So, I'm just saying that it seems to me that both these games were decided by referees. No, it it definitely was, and I would also, I would also say that I think it like we've seen the NFL. Try and adapt where there's a need, you like you know with like this kind of like you know the targeting and the you know the the calling more helmet to helmet. Like I get that there's a need for it. Players are gonna keep suing because of CTE and and head trauma. But isn't it time? Even if it's in the fucking playoffs, you gotta go with this college system where both quarterbacks gotta get a shot at the fucking ball. I'd imagine oh, no, yeah, I agree. I the, don't the, think the, the best way, the only way you could have made that Pat Chief game better is if Brady goes down and scores a touchdown and then Mahomes gets the shot to do the same fucking thing. And if you want to go sudden death after that, I'm fine with it. But at least give Mahomes the fucking ball in overtime. No, you gotta, I think in the playoffs, you got to allow both teams to get the ball. Only in the playoffs. You have to. Because I think, in my opinion, whoever got the ball first was going Both defenses were gassed. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think they had anything left. If you saw Andy Reid's face, he threw something in the air just like, almost as though he knew. He didn't look shocked. Yeah. Uh, he didn't. The only thing I'll say about Andy Reid in that game was, why didn't he call a timeout to give his defense a rest? He had two. Yeah, we saw Tony and Romo barking for that one. And I don't. I, I'll tell you what. Here's the, the, that. I think the Chiefs' defense played great the whole game, and I never say that, but they really did. Uh, that it, that interception on uh, the one yard line that was huge. Yeah, you never see Brady do that, right? Never. No, rarely in the red zone. That defense was shot. Romo was calling those plays almost as though he's the one calling them into Brady. Right? Dude, Romo's got to be an O coordinator soon. He's great in the booth, but for fuck's sake, someone pay the man. Here's what I'm going to say. The, uh, as a fan, the obvious play to me was when Gronk was lined up wide on Eric Berry. Yeah. Why do you think he's there? He's not chipping. He's there for a reason, right? They want him one-on-one. Yeah. Berry had to know that that ball was going to Gronk. I think it was twice on that drive, wasn't it? You know, it's not like Berry did a poor job in coverage. He just he didn't get his head around and with somebody as massive and with a catch radius as Gronk, it's going to be hard to stop him one-on-one. you got to double cover. Yeah, and I, but Barry's been known to cover Gronk one-on-one. I think that was the matchup the Chiefs wanted. No, every, he, time, every, pre, every previous matchup, Barry guards Gronk one-on-one, right? And he's done a damn good job. He's good enough. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not good enough. Well, no, no, he's done a great job of guarding Gronk. Of course. What I'm saying. So what I'm saying is that that was the matchup both teams wanted. Yeah. But I, Eric Berry almost was like surprised. And, you know, it, I don't know. I, I just think that if Gronk lines up out wide, you, the way Gronkowski moves these days, the guy isn't exactly multi-directional full of speed. Yeah. If he's running a streak, you I don't think Barry, who's extremely fast, doesn't have to do much to keep up with. I don't know what happened, but listen, Brady converted three third and eight or longers on that drive. And the Edelman, I think Edelman's a tough little bastard to cover. But Gronk is not – that that those plays should never happen to Gronk. But also, too, Chris Hogan was getting the ball a lot, which is why the Patriots are so fucking annoying because well, they can go to their third option comfortably. I think, listen, I keep saying the Patriots, in my opinion, didn't win that game. The Chiefs lost it. Mahomes uh, overthrew Damian Williams on that play where Kelsey threw his hands up thinking it was in. Yeah. Mahomes on the same drive took sacks in which put him out of field goal range. Yeah, you can't but, do that. Yeah, but that... <laughs> But that's those are rookie mistakes, though, dude. It, it, that's gonna happen. It's gonna Mahomes is gonna yeah, be back in the right. playoffs. The offensive coordinator, when you're telling him to play, especially they're at home, he could hear everything. You gotta say, and under no condition do you take a sack. 
Right. Well, Mahomes should know that, too. If you're an NFL quarterback, you should know that. And the other thing that I don't like is how Andy Reid coached the game. You know, whenever you beat the Patriots, right, you kind of get a couple of special plays. You have to, right? Because yeah. You, have, you can't have any mental errors, and you get a couple of trick plays, whether it was Philly Philly or a fake punt like we saw McVay do, right? Yeah. Andy just kind of said, all right, obviously you outcoached me in the first half. I'm going to adjust. And it was so obvious what was going on in that game. Belichick had a good game plan, but he knew it was not going to last the whole game, right? Right. And it was just a matter of could the Chiefs have enough talent to overcome that first half? And they almost did. But I think Andy Reid, more so than the referees, really screwed him because you don't let your team go have three three and outs in a row against the Patriots and expect to win a game. A fake punt. You have the best offense in the NFL. Fourth and four, I don't care if you're on your own ten, you go for it. Uh, so you're, what are you implying? Lack of urgency? Uh, yeah, by Andy Reid in the first half, it was extreme lack of urgency, especially knowing you don't have the best de- – that defense, in my opinion – Played better than I had expected. Yeah, way better. It, it, I mean, it seemed like listen, a it seemed like a bit of a role reversal, didn't it? Where you figured the offense would 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 keep pace and not make the fuck ups, and the defense. You, uh, I I don't think the I thought the offense would have kept pace. That's the word. I didn't think they were going to explode like they have in the past. Belichick's too good for that. But Andy Reid did not coach. He got out coached so bad in that first half. And, and you don't adjust. I get your plays are scripted before you start a game and you want to stick to your game plan. You don't. But when you play the Patriots, you cannot stick to your game plan because chances are you're not out coaching Belichick. True. Well, I will say this. Speaking of, of Chiefs coaches, I'm not, I'm not shocked that their D coordinator got canned. Um, the blueprint has been laid, especially by teams like Miami that have – you know, an, an odd amount of success against Belichick. But even teams like Pittsburgh that have at least played the Patriots enough times to know, you cannot run zone against Tom Brady almost at all. It has to be a man-man dogfight in order for you yeah. just to fucking keep that game close. I don't think it's against Brady. You can't run zone against any veteran quarterback. I don't care if he's good or not. But but it, but if the guy you're you're game planning for happens to be named Tom Brady, take every zone play out of your fucking playbook. I no, I disagree because you know what you got. The way I would coach against Brady is I would just do things as I saw them. I don't think you can game plan against the Patriots. I don't think he can because you never know what this guy Belichick's going to do. I think the number one thing that when you see the Patriots go down, at least during the postseason, is these coaches do things that they might not do in the regular season. Andy Reid coached it like a regular season game. What yeah. did he do that was out of the ordinary? I, I, you, you can't really say anything. Right, but you see Doug Peterson, they go for it. You know, in the playoff games, when you're the underdog, you do something. The Saints came out when they played the Colts in the Super Bowl, started the second half, onside kick. Sean Payton was like, listen, they're better than us. I knew we were going to need something, right? Yeah. McVay, they were down 14-0. They weren't moving the football. What does he do? Fake punt pass. Bam, gets him going. Yeah. Those little plays give you momentum. And Andy Reid is just like, he was too calm. Almost as though he thought the talent on the Chiefs would overcome, and it almost did. Well, it would have won the toss, it probably would have. Well, let's be real. But, if Andy Reid gets too excited, his blood pressure might spike, and he might have a fucking stroke on the sideline. But yeah, whatever. The, but 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 coach. yeah, this seems to always be the knock on Andy Reid, though, isn't it? You know, yeah, it is. But I think him being a veteran coach hurt him. It's almost like he was too calm. Like, all right, we're gonna be fine. But, Everybody knew you weren't going to be fine. But, but that's what I'm saying, though. Being a veteran coach, you should know by now because you've been to the playoffs with more than just the fucking Chiefs. You got to know, listen, playoffs means throw everything at them. If that means a fake punt, an onside kick, a fucking flea flicker. We saw the Patriots pull out a fucking flea flicker in like the end of the fourth quarter, didn't we? Or was that overtime? No, yeah, I, I forget which one it was. But right, was but late. point is, 
You saw Belichick and McDaniels reach into their fucking pocket and pull that shit out in crunch time. The only thing I'll say is this, is what I don't get about Andy Reid, is, you know, you got to, it was, he, 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 that game is on him and the referees. I, I, I think that Mahomes is a rookie. He's not, you know, Romo said it and Romo's right. He's not call, He's not changing the play at the line, right? Yeah. You got to give the kid some co- I mean, Reed gave that kid no confidence in that game. You don't go for it on any fourth down. You don't. You, you didn't do anything. What did they do? Yeah. They did the same shit that they did all year. And I get that's what they got. That's what got them an amazing record during the regular season. Yeah. But. I watch a lot of Chiefs games because Mahomes is on my fantasy team. Yeah, they played the same way all year. If the play is not there initially, let Mahomes scramble and throw it deep. But you don't think the Patriots are ready for that? No, the, the, the Patriots. The, but the Patriots are better equipped to stop that. Because first of all, was correct me if I'm wrong. It looked like Gilmore was shadowing Tyree Kill basically the entire game with help over the top from either Chung yeah, or that, McCord. That's, I think you know what I think Andy Reid could have told you that was going to happen. Right, because but Tyreek Hill, but and but but this is why you game plan. They took Tyreek Hill out of that fucking game completely. Oh, where, was, where was Travis Kelsey? Kelsey didn't show up either. Williams no, he, showed he up. Had a, Kelsey had a few drops. Yeah. And, right, and and and, and it should have been fumble. Yeah, that could have been a fumble for sure. Right, if not for a penalty, go figure. But. I'm just saying it seemed as though that Andy Reid just got – you're always going to get outcoached by Belichick. It's just how do you react to being outcoached. Right. And you saw Doug Peterson last year where, you know, he, he made some just, hey, listen, we got we to gotta go, we gotta go for it here, right? And yeah, that's not in the game plan. I don't think, right? It's not in the game plan. No, those, no, those are those are those gut decisions that you need to be able to make as a coach. You got to have the balls. Andy Reid did not make any of. He didn't. Not one of them. I trust me. I dude. I don't disagree with you at all. The, on the on the on the last drive that Brady took. Yeah, it looked like they were playing just regular defense. I don't know. Maybe I would have done a cover zero blitz all. I, I would have tried a bunch of different things. He tried nothing. Yeah. And then also, too, I, you know, you give up 31 to the Patriots. You figure, you know, you might be dead and buried, but your offense kept you in the fucking game. I mean, that's why I'm saying that D coordinator had to go. You, well, you, he had to go for sure. And, and they're interviewing Rex Ryan, which I think is a genius on their end. Yeah, for sure. Now, correct me. You, 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 you know, you know Rex better than a lot of people I know, just because how religiously you follow the Jets. Yeah. What's his base scheme for people that don't he know? Th- he runs a three-four, and he's going to bring pressure all the time, play man on the outside. Okay, so he's, he's so. He's gonna be, even if he doesn't have any pass rushers, he's bringing pressure. He's going to make you beat him. Right. The only knock on Rex Ryan was. Late in games, he would, for some reason, and he never did this in the playoffs, but during the regular season, he would sit back and play zone. Uh, other than that, he's going to bring you heavy pressure. I think it's a genius. This is a guy that beat Brady in the playoffs, that beat Peyton Manning in the playoffs. I mean, listen, he got a team to the AFC Championship, when, in my opinion, if you compare the Chiefs offense to the Jets offense in 2009-10, big difference. I mean, Sanchez Mahomes, really? Tyreek Hill, Antonio Holmes, Travis Kelsey, Dustin Keller, big difference. Well, yeah. So I think, I think, that, you know, I, I think that that's a, that would be a great signing for them to help them get past the, the Bradys of the world. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't doubt that at all. Um, and then obviously just going back real quick to, that, to the Saint-Ram game, let me give kudos where kudos are due. Um, Zerline had a Vinatieri circa 4 esque performance in that game. Vinatieri, or uh, Vinatieri. Uh, something else, isn't it? Zer- dude, the, the, the fucking... Dude, Johnny Hecker is probably a better quarterback than half the backups in this league right now. I mean, 
to have that at your at your at your yeah. fucking disposal is insane. Let, not to mention he's without question the best punter in the NFL. That that field goal by Zerline would have went seventy yards, Luke. Oh yeah, no. Oh, trust me. I I saw how high over that crossbar that that thing had leg for days. Granted, he also had the fortune of kicking in a dome, so there's no wind. All he had to do was get 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 the accuracy. Seven, listen, that that's a bomb though. Y'all, I don't care where you do that. No, that, fifty-seven in any stadium is hard. Let's be yeah. real, because also too, how many times have we seen on a kick on, on a on a field goal? The snap is high. The timing's off. Botch. Well, that snap, that snap wasn't good. Right, but again, kudos to fucking Hecker for getting it down. No, I and, and you gotta remember with that much pressure, the game on the line. I mean, that was that was one. Right, overtime for a trip to the fucking to the to the chip, and you're and you know again, you you gotta love. See, th- this is the thing. With the Rams, and I think McVay knew this when he came into the fucking head coaching job that he has now. He knew he had special teams weapons that most teams, even when the Rams sucked, they always had the special teams weapons. Speaking of McVay, can we bring something else up? Absolutely. He didn't play Todd Gurley for three quarters. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to... Uh... And I'm just saying, but do you see how McVay goes out of... I mean, he didn't play the MVP of football in his prime for three quarters in the championship game on the road. Yeah. With a young quarterback. You think Gurley's healthy? Define healthy. Uh, at least 80%? Yeah, I do. So then why wouldn't you use him? Whatever. McVay had his reasons. I mean, I'm I'm sure he. I'm, C. J. Anderson is the freshest running back in the league. When he said that, he was right. He hasn't played all year. Well, right, but again, C. J. Anderson is a what? Yeah, but now, now if you're the Saints, what do you do, right? Because now you're thrown off a bit, right? Yeah, I mean, you maybe that's just a fucking. Yeah, maybe that's just some fuckery via Sean McVay. But obviously, Gurley isn't a hundred percent, but you. Listen, Gurley was running. It looked like he was running. You didn't notice anything severe when he was running. No, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that could have been that could have been you know all of his energy built up in the game. But still, in that game, I you to pull out a player in a championship game. I mean, you really he's real. I, he was walking by. It has to be serious. Those guys will die out there at that point. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I no question in my mind. That when you at least get to the NFC or AFC title game, you play hurt. I mean, all these guys play hurt as it is, Luke. Right? I, I no shit, but I'm. Just, I think CJ Anderson was running. The, the, that offense got going after the fake punt, and CJ Anderson was running the ball right between the guards for four, five, six yards of carry. And I think he said, "You know what? I'm going to stick with this." Yeah. I don't think that was in his game plan, I'll tell you that. Probably not, but so be it. You got a back who can do it and he, that's that's his style of running. Why not? I'm just saying that I what I'm trying to say to you is you have to go outside the lines to beat a better team. Now are the Saints better? It's debatable, but they were home. In my opinion, that makes them better, especially in that dome. Yeah. Um but you go outside the lines. Yeah. You don't do what you normally do. Andy Reid that game looked like a regular Chiefs football game during the regular season. Have Mahomes run around, wing it deep. Yeah. And when it works, God, can they score quickly, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't do that and expect to beat the, the smartest head coach in the NFL. Whether you like Belichick, you don't. I hate him, obviously. Being a, the guy the guy is a genius. Mm-hmm. He has players like Kyle Van Noy playing like Von Miller. Yeah, I, I, I will never understand how the Patriots can take you know, because, Rex you know Burkhead and make him look like fucking, you know, because you know Emmett they Smith. They're smart. Listen, you take a guy, you use him. Most teams, and I'll say this as a Jets fan especially, take guys and say, we're going to fit you into our system. Belichick goes, I'm going to get you and play you at what you do best, and I'll find a way to make it work being the head coach. Yeah. These coaches get so caught up in their system. Belichick doesn't do that. I don't think he has a system. I think his system is uh, every year it's different. Yeah. Every game it's different. We're going to – his game plan is I'm going to take away your best player 
make your secondary players beat us if you do beat us. Or you're going to do really things out of the ordinary to beat us. You're not going to do what you regularly do. Right. And, and, and I'm going to put my players at their strengths, and I'm going to try to attack your weaknesses with it. I mean, I mean that's not that, that – I, I don't think, like, it's much more uh, – obviously, it is much more in-depth than that. But, like, the baseline thinking isn't. Yeah, no, I hear I, – trust me, dude. I, I hear you loud and clear. And Andy Reid sat there and go, well, we have more – there's no doubt the Chiefs had more talent. Right? Yeah, Even on sure. defense, their defense is more talent. You got Justin Houston, Barry, Deep Ford, um, that that linebacker from Bam. I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, the inside backer. Do you remember his name? Uh, not Raglan. Raglan, yeah, Raglan. Oh yeah, it is Raglan. It is Raglan, and and these guys are talented. Chris Jones. Let's not forget him. He's yeah. These guys are good, and you don't. You know who who's better. Player-wise, if we just built, like, a fantasy team or something, the Chiefs have a better team, don't you think? Uh, yeah. I, 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 would put, I would put them, obviously, one and two. Like you said earlier, we had the best four teams in football clearly playing each other on the same day. The only thing I'll say about McVay, and the only shot I give the Rams, is, is what? He, can, he, he cannot be gun-shy. He's got to do... Now, here's a guy... <laughs> who, in my opinion, has to do what he did during the regular season. Fourth down, we're going for it. Fake punt, sure. Yeah. There's going to need to be a few of those things. There's going to have to be a fake punt. There's going to have to be... You know what's funny, though? You, You know what's funny? If there's any head coach in football who I think will have zero problem pulling that out of his pocket, it'd be McVay. Well, I wouldn't say the only one. Peterson did it last year. But I'm saying, if if anyone you'd have to think is the best equipped to do it, my head tells me it'd be McVay. Well, I'll tell you what. McVay coached them out of the game at that dome when they were down 14 nothing, not moving the football, and he switched it up, which gives me hope. The only thing I'll say is I think that offense was too easy to shut down. Now, you can say that Goff couldn't hear the play. I mean, you, I don't know if you saw the game, but at one point, Goff had to run over to his wide receiver like you're playing in the backyard and, like, whisper something in his ear because they couldn't hear shit. Right. I think the atmosphere is going to be different. If the, the Rams have any chance to win this game, McVay is going to have to out-coach in the game, not pre-game, not game plan, but out-coach in yeah, the game. Yeah, on the fly. Which is possible. Which is possible because that's the only way the Patriots lose in these games. Yeah. You're going to need Aaron Donald to pressure. The reason I like the inside pressure versus the outside pressure versus Brady more is Brady can't move. Yeah. So if you force pressure on the outside, he can step up in the pocket, right? He can shuffle a bit. If you force pressure up the middle, he doesn't move laterally too well. You never really see Brady throw on the run, do you? Well, Brady can't fucking move in general. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Aaron Donald's going to play a huge piece in this game. So is Fowler. Double team them all game. Yeah. All game long. And you're, they're going to say, Indomitian Sue and Dante Fowler, you're going to have to beat us. And I don't know if those two will. Um, I'd have to think, correct me if I'm wrong, Sue and Fowler are free agents coming up, right? Right. So you'd have to think every eye, not even in the NFL, but every eye more or less in America, is watching you on Super Bowl Sunday, you want that contract, you got to go fucking ball in the Super well, Bowl. Yeah, I know, and I think they know that too, but, you know, I don't think they're thinking about that that much. And I, again, and I'm not saying you need eight sacks or, you know, some outlandish number, you but... Be, you, you but stupid plays. You can't have Indomitian Sue. Right, no, no, no illegal crap. hands to the face. No fucking defensive holding. No, none of that shit. Right. I'll tell you right now. You you can't have, I could just see it clear as day. I could see a dumb consumer, Dante Fowler, two players who get frustrated easily doing a stupid, stupid thing late in that game. I could see Sue doing it. I don't know if, I don't know if Fowler is that kind of guy. Fowler is known known to make stupid plays. Not like a deep forward play. Uh, right, all right. So like a like a dumb offsides. Just a dumb play, just where you go. What are you doing? And and if they don't have any of those dumb plays, McVeigh in the middle of the game makes correct adjustments and takes some risks, and those risks turn into rewards. 
they can win this game. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. The now, only difference between the Chiefs and Rams offense, right, is the Rams aren't as much of a air it out team. They can, but they also run the ball up the middle a lot. They yeah. do a lot of play action with Goff, a lot of touch passes with Goff, as opposed to Mahomes, where well Mahomes can't really hit touch passes as much. No, he's a gunslinger. He's 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 a right. he's a rope thrower. Sure is. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So yeah. I hope that it's a good game yet to be seen. Well, obviously next week uh, before the game, we are going to be making our predictions then and diving a little bit deeper. Um, but can, what can either one of us, as Steelers and Jets fans, pick the Patriots? Can we actually do? I can't. I don't think it's in me. Oh, I won't. I, I already I, telling you right now, I will not. I don't. I can't do it either. That doesn't mean I don't think they're going to win. I just can't. Those words can't come out of my mouth. Right now, also to be fair, last year on a video I did for Jones and for Sports, I picked the fucking Eagles, and your boy was right. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we were right if we do that. It's kind of like gun to your head. You want somebody to pull the trigger. You're obviously going to say no, right? So I mean, I'm just for all right, but whatever. For whatever, I'm not making my prediction now. Although I pretty much just kind of showed my hand, but well, what I think both, I think everybody knew that neither one of us are going to pick the Patriots just due to loyalty. Correct. It's, if we were betting money, it might be a different story, right? Although I will say this: the NFL is getting toward that trajectory that I cannot fucking stand with the NBA and even college football and college basketball. It's Which the same. I'm so fucking tired. Of the fucking Patriots in the Super Bowl. They make the playoffs? Fine. I don't care. I, I, At a certain point, as a viewer, I just get so tired of seeing the fucking Patriots. Yeah, so do I. Right. This is why baseball is the greatest game on the earth. Because you almost never see a repeat champion. No, you don't. And I think in, in football, i got to be honest, I think as long as Breeze and Brady are there, you're going to see those two teams. I think you're going to see the – th- at one point, we will see the Chiefs and Rams playing a Super Bowl. Yeah, for it, sure. It, uh, and that would be fun in my opinion. Absolutely. But you, you're going to – you know, as of right now, you, it's, it is what it is. Somebody's got to learn to beat – Yeah. beat uh, Brady. And it seems that the NFC teams do better against him than the AFC teams. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you you'd have to argue that the Rams, I guess, having not played the Patriots this year, gives the Rams uh, gives the Pats a little bit less of a frame of reference. But you got two weeks to prep for an opponent. You'll be ready, especially with Belichick as your coach. You'll be fucking ready. It'll well, be here's the point. McVay cannot do what he's done every other day of the day of the year, or day of the day or every other game. He cannot do that. Yeah. Well, no, but I think. McVeigh seems to be enough of a scholar of the game to, to understand that. I think he knows that the – and listen, I'm sure he watched the Chiefs-Patriots game. I think he knows that the only way to beat them is to – got to go outside the box. Well, I, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a fake punt. You know well, it's coming. Well, well you had mentioned the Saints-Colts Super Bowl where Peyton pulled out that onside kick. Yes? I see a lot of parallels in that game where Peyton was like the up the upstart head coach. You know, I guess you could say he had something to prove at the time. Go against the old grizzled vet and Tony Dungy. Right. Yeah. And he, like he, he said it right. He said, "Listen, like, and, and we needed something extra because we weren't going to win the yeah, game without." And two and two plays won him a game: the onside kick and a pick six. Right, and that's what's going to have to. Ha- that's how you beat. Guys like Brady and Manning, it's not you're not going to just beat them straight up. You know what I mean? For sure. At you, you there is no, there is no right. You, you got to outthink and out. You got to over prepare, in a sense. Yeah. Right. Now, well, speaking of fucking baseball, and for th- those of you listening who are saying, "Oh, here comes the fucking." Machado and Harper and Mets and Yankees rabbit hole. Talk about Machado and Harper. Harper hasn't gotten a contract. Right. The, the, FYI, people, there's nothing to fucking say. There's no market. There's no market. How did, 
How does this guy not get a contract? Well, here's here's the better question in my head. There used to be free agent frenzy where within, I would say before Christmas, the top five players that were available were signed or at least had five teams with presented contracts. Sure. Why is this not the? Why is it that the only offer a player as talented as Manny Machado can only get one fucking offer from the goddamn White Sox? I think that Manny Machado did himself in during the playoffs. Playoffs actions. Bryce Harper. I have no idea what to say about that. I really. I. I sincerely think. Teams are so petrified of the three hundred million or seven plus year commitment that they won't do it anymore. Yeah, I can't argue. Let's go back to last year, right? Yeah. JD Martinez is arguably he's thirty years old. He doesn't have a position. It's a little bit different. He's a DH. He's built for an American League lineup. Yeah, that's different. I mean, with Harper and Machado, you got you got Gold Glove caliber, rocket of an arm, right? Five years younger. But JD Martinez was worth at least two hundred million. He signed for not even close. Yeah, I just don't think these teams are going to do it. But what? I, but what? Even going further down the ladder, we have heard nothing for Dallas Keuchel. We have heard. I, I wouldn't want Keuchel. Tell me why you would want him. Okay. As a... You know who I could see going after a Keuchel now? Minnesota. A mid-market team that could use another seasoned arm in their rotation, but who will not be your front-line starter. This guy wanted $200 million. Because he's fuck, because he's won a World Series and he's won a Cy Young, but neither of those happened last year. I'm not giving him anything. I'm not saying he's worth $300 million. I'm not saying he's worth two, and I'm not saying he's worth one and, one and a third. Right. But for fuck's sake, pay the man 90 over five, and you the one thing you can never say with Keiko is he's injured for long. Yeah, I don't care. He, he was injured, I think, in 2017, wasn't he? Right, but point is, he's he's an innings arm. That's the least of, of that's the least you can ask for from a fucking pitcher. I'm, I'm I, I don't like him. I know you. I, don't I know you that. don't. But don't deviate from the point. MLB, in today's MLB, I think he's a fourth starter. That's fine, but don't deviate but from the then, point I'm trying to make. Yeah, but, he, yeah, but he might get fourth starter money. He doesn't want that. That's what I'm saying. Right, and then eventually spring training is going to show up, and he's not going to have a deal. He's going to have to eat the humble pie. Yeah, sure. I don't think he's that good. Right. Well, whatever whatever your opinion on Keiko and, and whatnot is, there's a problem, like a big fucking problem in baseball right now. I don't think it's a problem. You don't think free agents not I'm I'm not going to speculate on what on the what the fair money is but for Bryce Harper to not even have a fucking offer on the table is asinine. That yes, him and Machado, I agree. Anybody else I don't. I think finally that's what I would do. I'm telling you right now. I'm a GM. I'm not offering guys like Keiko shit. Right, but the top tier guys who, I don't understand. So we so we had, we had the we had the big three coming into the offseason. We had Corbin, Machado, Harper. Corbin did the smart thing and signed before Christmas. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's not about what surprised me. It's not the names. It's the age. So these guys are 25 years old. If they were 30, 28, 29, 30, I get it. Right. You these guys a 10 year contract. They're going to be excellent for eight and good for two. No argument. No argument for me. They're going to be. That's what I'm saying. So that I don't get. The whole Keiko thing, I get. Everybody else, I get. Because I rather have a younger guy that I can groom than have some twenty-seven to thirty-two-year-old vet for a couple of years and overpay him. Right. I mean, for fuck's sake, even Sonny Gray had a market for the trade. 
It's money, though. It's money. Well, it's also well. Sonny Gray was different, where he had at least another year or two of controllable years, and the Reds extended him. I, fine. I, and, and the other thing too is in today's game, these crafty guys don't do that well. I mean, yeah. What are you? Are if you? Game, if you don't throw gas, they don't want you. I mean, yeah, the, the the Greg Maddox style of pitching is not a thing anymore. No, it is. But you got to be able to throw 96 into it. Right, 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 right. No, the mentality's there. Just Yeah, right. You, you, you can't chuck 90 and, you, right, you can't be Jamie Moyer anymore. I mean, the Mets have Jason Vargas, and I don't like him. They got those 86 miles an hour. But yep. other than that, I really can't think of too many guys that throw like 90 months. They're either spot starters. CC. That's different. He's already done it. I mean, yeah, CC has nothing left to prove. We're talking about a guy in Keiko that has never thrown over, what, 91, 92? No. Even in his prime, no. That's what I'm saying. When a guy gets older, it's a little different, okay? Keiko's also known to be a terrible teammate. That I didn't know. Where did you hear that? Just reports. They say he's very self-absorbed. Well, that makes total sense as to why he may not have a contract then. You know, I think that teams are smartening up a bit. Hey, listen, we're not going to give this asshole. Let's just—he wanted two hundred mil. I'm not. Let's, dude, you realize if he if he sells for fifty million less, that's a hundred fifty million dollar contract. For sure. That Dallas Keuchel. Well, no, you're not going to give Keuchel a hundred fifty. But Manny Machado, despite the character, the talent's too good. You got to give him his money. Machado and Bryce Harper, they can be. Bryce Harper, more than almost anybody in baseball, except for maybe Joey Votto, has a propensity for getting thrown out of games for arguing balls and strikes better than anyone in the league. I'll say that Bryce Harper, I think he's married now. The guy doesn't cause trouble off the field. No, it's true. The guys. Make baseball fun again. He is he is one of, you can argue about who the face of baseball is. I am not gonna get into that. He is definitely one of them. For sure. Okay. By you signing that contract, you're gonna make that back in and you're gonna make money back. For sure. Machado not as much. He's not a face of baseball. And after this postseason is antics, he definitely they don't want him to be a face of baseball, I'm sure. Yeah, right. Bryce Harper is a face of baseball. The guy goes out and gives you 150% every day. Yeah, no, him him and him Trout and probably Altuve and Judge are your faces. And he fits the current baseball mold where lower batting average, high on base percentage, long swing, right? Yeah. He can hit you 30, 40 bombs, score you 100 runs and play hard every day. I mean, I don't understand how that guy doesn't have a con. I don't get it. I can't explain that. But the I, I can't either, but my attempt at explaining it is as such. It seems as though, and I brought this up, I think it was last week, where Moneyball is starting to overtake everything. But Moneyball... <coughs> and Sabermetrics. I, yes, it is. But even if you're doing Moneyball, you're getting a bargain in Bryce Harper. I understand that. But what t- there's got to be some sort of what money ball means is you're getting more value for your money. I'm aware of that. I know what money ball means. Right, but what I'm saying is people have the notion that money ball means oh we're going to sign the cheapest guys. No, money ball just means that if there are three guys for ten million, we're going to sign the one that's worth eighteen million. No, m- money ball is what the Mets did. Yes, the Mets. Yes, the Mets. That's exactly what it is. Or, like or what did. Tampa did with Morton. Yeah, exactly. Right. Let's be real here. The we big Ramos, Lowry, Morton. Uh, uh, who, who was it? Was it uh, Ottavino that took nine million a year? Oh, yeah. The guy I liked the most that took nine million a year was Kelvin Herrera. Yep. I think it was two years, eighteen mil. Yep. That's a good deal, right? For sure. Uh, I'm just saying that's that's the type of deals you're looking for, but. Again, Bryce, it doesn't. Machado doesn't surprise me. Bryce Harper does. But but regardless of the lack of contracts for Harper Machado, circle back to JD Martinez last year. JD Martinez, at the peak of the rumors, had two teams after him. It was Boston and it was Arizona. That's right. Okay. 
Well, here's the thing about Martinez, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be honest. I wouldn't have given him a big contract either. Because why? He can't play defense. Because I don't think that I did. What he? So we know what he is now in this Red Sox lineup, right? Yeah, he's a fucking permanent DH and a spot outfielder. Right, he's a righty David Ortiz, right? That's Pretty exactly much, yeah. Uh, I don't. I didn't think a guy was like him was worth the money he wanted. I think he's worth what he got. Well, but how often do you did we used to see players get overpaid, i.e. Jacoby Ellsbury? All the fucking time. Right. I'm, am I saying that teams need to be... Teams, and that's why teams stop doing it. I'm not saying teams need to still be reckless with the checkbook. That's not what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form. However, when you have once-in-a-lifetime opportunities... And what did J.D. Martinez sign for? Five years? Can you name me the last three teams that won the World Series? Last three? Boston, Houston, and why am I drawing a blank on the third? Chicago. Right? The Cubs. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Let's just think about these three teams. Yeah. From an offensive standpoint. Yep. They all had homegrown, amazing, homegrown, offensive, young talent. The core was homegrown. Yeah. Uh, Rizzo. Brian. Schwarber. Wilson Contreras. Baez. Can't ca- well, hold on. You can't count Schwarber that year. He blew his knee out in the, like the second week of the season. He still played in this World Series. Yeah, he came back in time. But I'm yeah, just saying, you you still had but right, but you still had Rizzo, Bryant, Almora, Wilson Contreras, etc. Okay, let's look at the Astros. Altuve. The whole lineup is is homegrown. Uh, Bregman. That freaking lineup of theirs. Bregman, Marwin uh, Gonzalez, Altuve, Correa. What's that? Oh, Bregman. Yeah, Bregman. Freaking um, the list. The yo and you. I'm not gonna count Guriel, but they were smart enough to sign him. Guriel was a homegrown because he he came up through their system. Well, they scouted him. Right, Guriel, and and then now let's talk about the Red Sox. Bet Bogart, Bradley, Benintendi, Benintendi, uh, Devers. He gets out there, Devers. So I think these teams are saying this is the way to do it. But we've we've out. known that though. There's no. But all right. But look at the the same three teams you just said that won the World Series. Chicago's rotation was bought. Uh-huh. John Lester was bought. The Red Sox rotation was bought. A thousand percent. And, and uh, the Astros rotation. Getting Verlander won them a fight. They bought yeah, Verlander was, at the was, at the last possible second. Right. And that's what I think. So I think these teams took it to a whole new level. Where like, we're not getting anybody. But there needs to be a happy medium. And they're missing that. Right. They went too extreme. I think that you need that one sign. I said it all year long. The Mets need a Bryce Harper. You need one. The, the, the Astros, they got Verlander. The Red Sox, they got Sale. The Mets have pitching. You need Harper. The Yankees, they need a pitcher. They need a Verlander or a Sale, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's what these teams are missing. Right, well... I mean, Dodgers, right? Like, let's look at them. The, the Dodgers they, are the opposite. They homegrow pitching and buy everything else. And that's fine. Yeah. But they, they're homegrown. I mean, dude, this kid, I think Walker Bueller... Is a okay, stud. I think he. I mean, I think that guy is going to be something else. He's probably the opening day starter this year. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Right? And then that, that what's that nineteen-year-old kid's name? He's a lefty. I think he's uh, Julio Urias. Yes. Yes. I mean, nineteen years old. This kid's dirty already. Uh, so I'm going to go off from here. So these teams get one half of their team homegrown. I think what these other teams are doing are saying. I think they're being smart. They're saying unless we're going to be in it, we're not going to sign. Which I get, but the teams that are in it. How are you not signing a Harper? The only thing I think of is they don't have the money. Well, you you can't go to a team like you can't you can't expect a Kansas City, an Oakland, a Tampa to to consider Bryce Harper. It'll never happen. They they don't have the money. But I, agree. I could I could make an argument that a team like Colorado can spring the money, or Arizona could spring the money. And you know what? I think that you're going to see Bryce Harper. Get a short-term deal for fat money. 
for fat money, and it's going to be, I don't want to call it a proven contract, but that's what it is. Well, you know what's going to happen. It'll probably be a two or three for what, about 40-ish a year? I, everybody's been doing two, so I guess it'd be two. At but you 40. know there's going to be options in there for a third and a fourth. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to accept it. No, if they're player options, he will. No, I don't think so. If, if he has the right to choose his own destiny, you I, don't think he I, would? I, no, because I think he wants that 10-year deal, and I think he deserves it, and I think he will get it. All right, well, whatever the case may be, the, 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 the problem I'm, I'm having is it, I've, I'm getting the feeling that these analytics people are starting to have a bigger say in decisions than your baseball people. They and are. That, but that bothers the shit out of me. Call me a purist all you want. You cannot take a kid who's never watched baseball in his life but knows how to crunch an Excel spreadsheet. You can't tell me he's more valuable than the guy you got going to you know every Pac-12 baseball game and every ACC game and scouting talent that are your first, second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. I agree. There's got to be – you said there's got to be a happy medium on the field. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's got to be a fucking happy medium in the front office. I agree. And what you're seeing is look at okay, look at fucking Kevin Cash and Tampa, right? Right. That team on paper has no business winning 90 something games. They don't have any business being over 500. Correct. The fact that you can get them to 90 wins or 90 whatever that they got, God bless them. But yeah, I agree. But Kevin Cash knows he's the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. There is no money. The reinforcements you're going to get through the checkbook are so minimal that you can't bank on that. You got to be a hell of a manager who can think outside the box. You know who's a perfect manager for the Yankees in the current state of baseball? Aaron fucking Boone. Because he's a uh, yes man that says whatever the fuck the analytics people say is the way uh, it's got to be. You're saying from a management's point. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, we all know he's terrible. But. Right. I, I fucking uh, I fucking hate Aaron Boone. I don't know anybody that likes Aaron Boone as the manager. I, I, there's there's a couple people, but the other the, the I feel like half the people that like Aaron Boone didn't have any knowledge base on the fucking on the other people we interviewed. If you if you ask the average Yankee fan who Al Padrique is, they're not gonna fucking know. Uh, I think the bottom line is they should have kept Girardi. No shit. And if you had to get rid of Girardi, you should have went with Hensley Mullins. Listen, the point is is all it's gonna take is one of these teams to sign one of these guys, and now get the ball rolling. At a certain point, it has to because we we I I expect how, how far away are we from pitchers and catchers? Inside about tw- we're about twenty ish days away. That's pretty deep to not have these guys. Right, and mind you, position players report a week later, so we're inside a month until position players show up. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'll tell you that. yeah, I'm getting. I mean, I knew the reliever market was going to fly quick because relievers have never had a higher stock. I agree, right. You knew that was gonna You happen. knew that was going to happen. I didn't think that half the market would end up in the Yankees, but well, I'll take it. Um but you know, and and also I'm shocked that nobody like I'm not shocked that Kimbrel is a free agent still. He's asking for way too much money. Yeah, and he's not going to get it. Fuck no, he's not going to get it. After that postseason. And and right, and you could argue that better pitchers signed for what? A quarter of what he wants? I mean, I would personally, I'm taking Britain, Britain and Kimbrough. I think Britain's better. I would take Robertson. I would take Robertson over fucking Kimbrough. Yeah, I I would take Robertson over Kimbrough. I would take, and as much as I don't even like to say this, I'd probably take Familia over Kimbrough too. Not on the Mets. Right. In general, I would. I don't know. I feel like out of my closer on on a World Series contender, I need my closer to not have the mentality of a cup of Jello. I need yeah. I, I need a concrete block, not a flimsy bitch. Well, I mean, we knew what Kimball did in the postseason, and that's probably why he's not getting signed right now. Right, but, but I mean, obviously he'll end up on a team, but he's not going to get anything close to it. Right, wants. but look at look at his setup man. His setup man got paid. 
Sure did. Joe sure Kelly did. got that money and ran yeah. the fuck to Hollywood. You have to double the amount that you pay Kelly to get Kimbrell. Right. Fuck, even Cody Allen signed. Uh, yeah, but not a big contract. Yeah, but Cody Allen had a terrible year last year. But point is, Cody Allen's at least an experienced closer. Sure. Right. Who has some value. You know, we all see relievers have terrible years every once in a blue. Shit happens. Or if you're out of Eno, you suck for like five, figure it out for the best possible year, and then get paid. Whatever the case may be. There, there's sure. got to be, you know, Jed Lowry. He's like, what, 36, 35? He took a deal. These players know what it is now. Ever since the qualifying offer started getting accepted, the writing was on the wall that the free agent market was bound to change. It was inevitable. I agree. And now you're seeing where the inevitabilities are here. They've arrived. At this point, free agency might as well not even be a thing, and you might as well just do everything like people do in MLB The Show and just trade. Who's going to leave? I doubt Arenado leaves next year. I highly doubt it. Why uh, Why would he? Who the fuck is going to pay Arenado? Well, here's the thing. Based on this, nobody. Exactly right. So if Colorado floats you with $200 million for seven, you're going to fucking take it. Yeah. I also think that nobody wants to deal with Scott Boris, to be honest with you. I'm so happy you fucking said that. Scott Boris should jump off a bridge because he's also he also did a terrible job handling JD Martinez last year. He, I think that, I think that that's changed. I think they all hate him, and I don't blame him. The Everyone, why wouldn't you? Well, first of all, agents are notoriously annoying. Yes, but this one is. He's the game. kingpin of assholes. Yes, there's no arguing it. I agree. I mean, at this point, yeah. It, He's got a track record, which I understand would make him attractive. Another Scott Boris, Matt Harvey got eleven million from the Angels. Yeah, I don't get how the right. Okay, that says everything. How does Matt Harvey have a contract before the fucking Manny Machado? Teams are saying we'll sign anybody under this amount. I mean, at this point. So I think that's the biggest thing there. Right, but, but all right, but who? I wonder who Sonny Gray's agent is. Because he just got Sonny Gray in the in the best possible circumstance for his client. I agree. Isn't that the job of a fucking agent is to do what's best for your fucking client one hundred percent of the time and take ten percent of the of the of the reward? Yeah, it is. I obviously don't think that they're do that. Listen, I I think Boris is greedy, and that's why he holds out so long. I don't think it's in best interest of his clients, to be honest. It's it's clearly not, or else at least Bryce would have had a fucking deal by now. Or at least had an offer. Yeah, the fact that he hasn't had a low ball offer, and the fact that you, the fact that the market gave enough time for Washington to jump back into the pool is insane. I agree. It's it's asinine. Who? Why are people not signing fucking generational talent? I have no, I have no. Versatile. I get part of me at this point is is almost ready to admit that Machado's going to be a White Sox just because they were the first ones to float him any cash. It seems as though they're the only ones to give him a big contract. Yeah, they seem to be the only ones to take him seriously, and yeah. he makes that team monumentally better. I I guess I don't think they're going anywhere. So. No, but they're the they're young. You got to give them time, but they at least have a solid back to back three four combo with Abreu. I guess sure. All I'm saying is, why are people skipping on generational talent? Matter of fact, if you people listening have an any idea as to why teams with the money are not paying for generational talent, get at us on the socials. Please, I I need to hear your input on this because me and John can't figure this shit out. We're just two minds. We're two morons trying to figure this out. No, yeah, it doesn't. When I I have nothing. I don't know. Right. And speaking of morons, and it, we'll 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 put a bow tie at the end of this one. Speaking of morons, Mariano Rivera got finally the due diligence he deserves and got the hundred percent vote as the first ever unanimous Hall of Famer. Fantastic. The moron is that asshole Boston writer who I guess had to edit his ballot because of the of the uh, 
the blowback that he got for not voting for him. Did you catch wind on that at all? No, I didn't. Yeah, some asshole Boston writer decided that he was going to vote for, like, Andrew Jones or, like, Roy Oswalt because they were, like, you know, a couple years into their ballots. Sure. Which I understand if you don't want to vote for a guy on the first ballot, I get it. But Mariano, I also don't think, should have been the first. The first, to me, should have been Griffey. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like the people making these votes sometimes are a little... Uh... Biased? Well, but listen, if you're a Boston writer and you're 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 abstaining a vote from Griffey where there's no rivalry, there's no anything, that's just fucking stupid. Now, and also, since we're on the Hall of Fame, congratulations to Edgar Martinez. I I legitimately think Edgar Martinez needs to be credited for being the best DH of all time. Him and Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz, I was gonna say Ortiz. Yeah. yeah, him and Ortiz are the two best DHs to ever live. It's a young position in the in the grand scheme of baseball history, but as far as that position, they're the two best to ever do it. Um, and then the late great Roy Holiday, I'm super happy he got in because he was a stud. Roy Holiday needed to be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. And I'm very disappointed that he's not going to get the chance to give, like, a super awesome induction speech. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, maybe his son will give it, or I wonder who's going to do that. We'll find out July 21st. And then the quote-unquote controversial one with Mike Messina. A, gun to your head. Does he go in as an Oriole or a Yankee? Yankee. I don't disagree. Now I think, it's just, I think it's better for the game, right? That's that's what that comes down to. Well, you could you could make an argument that better for the game would be him going in as an Oriole. I disagree. <laughs> well, whatever the case may be, Messina was good for both teams. He, hey, Messina was like when you talk about one of those dogs that you love to talk about, the bum guarders oh, yeah, of the world. Messina was a yeah, fucking a, dog. What a pain in the freaking balls that guy was to watch in the postseason. <laughs> oh, God. Or even when Messina came in, I think it was either 03 or 04, he came in in the fourth inning of an ALCS or an ALDS series yeah, against you know, Boston. You know, funny, I'm thinking about the same exact I'm thinking about the same exact And pitched the arguably game. the best outing of his life. Dude, that's what this guy was good at. And those are the guys you need to win now. I don't know where they are. You know, that, you know. It's a different breed. No, so it is. But, yeah, he's going to go in as a Yankee, I think. You'd you'd have to think he's gonna go in a Yankee, but I'm Listen, very curious. When it, when, it, when it comes to a couple of things, when it comes to the Patriots, the Yankees, I just know that things are gonna go their way at this point in life. Eh, Patriots definitely. I'm not. I'm not gonna waste a single second of breath arguing you on that one. Yankees, we'll see. They have they have a pull a lot over every other major league baseball team at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, they just don't have an owner with balls anymore. No, they don't. But things still go their way more times than not. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on that one. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. But yeah, congratulations to Martinez, Halliday, Mussina, and Mariano. Having met Mariano, I will tell you right now. And I wish he was here to confirm this. I met him at his car dealership up here in New York. I shook I his hand. I shook his yeah. It's my it's my profile picture on Facebook actually. To this day, and I remember I remember looking him in the face and I said, "Thank you for making my childhood so enjoyable." Because let's be real, for all the greatness that Jeter, Tino Martinez, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, and the and the other core of Yankees and Posado. You know Mariano Mariano was there too for 2001 blowing the game to the Cardinals. Oh, you can go fuck your. You mean the Diamondbacks? What did I say? The Cardinals, Jesus. The Diamondbacks. Luis Gonzalez. Dude, you couldn't even torpedo my fucking heartfelt message the right way, you fucking met asshole. Yeah, I tell you what. That was one of the best moments that I've seen on TV. Um, I I remember being in fifth grade because that was two months after 9 11. And I remember crying myself to sleep that night. I remember I switched the channel because I couldn't watch Luis Gonzalez get out. I couldn't watch. I was like, "This guy can't watch this." And then I switched back the channel, 
And uh, the Cardinals are on the field celebrating. The Diamondbacks, you dipshit. Why do I keep saying the Cardinals? I don't know. And uh, I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I'm like, did they just win? I had to wait to see the replay of how they won. Yeah. Uh, The only thing. The other thing that Mariano Rivera did great was the 04 Idiots. He blew a couple games in that series, and that was also great to watch. Yeah, you're a cocksucker. That, that was great. It was phenomenal. You're, I hate you. It was one of the best moments as a Mets fan. Hey, John. That's how pathetic high sports fan is. Hey, John. Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm just saying, I don't have much to root for in any of my teams. Do you know what it's like to, 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 to see your team lose every single time? Uh, and, and no, I don't. Lose. Listen, not only lose, Luke, but have the capability to win, like, financially. You know what I mean? And just not do it. If you're like, if you're like, you know, a Minnesota Twins fan or something, at least you know, hey, we have no money. Like, but when you're a Mets fan, you have money to spend. You just spend it stupidly. I think it's even worse. I I I don't disagree, but the the Mets also have that propensity of like rip your heart out of your chest, which is a special type of. Heartbreak. Loser characteristic. Close, but never close enough. Yeah. That Luis Castillo A-Rod pop-up drop. Oh, my God. Oh, oh God. You're giving me... I'm at, I'm at at least half chub thinking about that. Oh, my God. What brutality that was. Phenomenal. striking out with the bases loaded, looking nonetheless. The best thing that happened to the Mets, I would say, in the last five years is Bartolo's dinger in San Diego. That was amazing. And Bartolo's. I love. I love that man. He needs a contract too. Someone, <laughs> someone sign Bartolo, please. Let it be the fucking. I don't care who. Let it be the Royals for all I give a shit. Let the let the man chuck. He can still do it. Some team will sign. Listen, somebody will get hurt. Also, is some is there a team out there who needs a boost in attendance like the Pirates? Bartolo will will draw you. He will. Oh, I know. That's isn't that hilarious? No, Bartolo is the most likable player in baseball. I know. So. What is there to wait, yeah. what is there to hate on? But yeah, yeah, let's let's put a bow tie on this one. Now next week we're doing Super Bowl predictions. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll be we'll do a good chunk of breaking down the game and I'm not gonna say we're gonna give a whole hour and change to the Super Bowl. Because hopefully no, something be, else happens in the world of sports. Yeah, hopefully one of these guys gets signed. I mean this is, I, we didn't think it would go on this long, I'll tell you that. No, not at all. But we'll see how it is. But anyway, enjoy yourself in the great freezing white north. Will do. Um, if it, I, whatever you got to do to get outside and not freeze your ass off, by all means, maybe maybe go nuts and take a dog sled to fucking Tim Hortons. I don't know, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Yeah, enjoy yourself, all right. Chief. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Peace. And that was episode seven of the Bleacher Creatures podcast. Um, again, for everyone who comes out and listens every week, thank you so much. Me and John, that's a permanent thank you by all means. Please, please, please reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. If you want to drop us a topic or, you know, say what's up, you know, by all means, we're friendly people. Um, and yeah, we, we love talking sports. Clearly this is what we do. So if you got a you know you want to talk a topic, do whatever, drop us a line. We got no problem talking about it, giving you a shout out if you recommend something good. And with that, have a good rest of your week and we will see you next week.